season was one that was far from predictable at least the first few games and everything else seemed to kind of play how we thought they would play out like we thought they would uh but what around this was when the games when it comes to action when it comes to speckies when it comes to goals donnie i was i was just enthralled by the highlights that we saw from this round alone i think everything's going crazy collingwood might have just secured their spot um in the finals uh there's a team that's definitely on the side that um you're probably not too happy about and port adelaide have they officially signed their own death warrant when it comes to finals hopes for 2022 all that and more because one of the most underrated coaches in the league is getting what he deserves is what i would say and there's also a player that um the giants are about to lose and i am not too happy about it but ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in to our breakdown for round 16 of the afl season of course i'm your host ross allen joining alongside by the best in the business coach donnie hess and coach uh, how how are we feeling after uh after this round you know probably not the funnest oh that was a fascinating fascinating round of footy um <laughs> The, the there there is the the, the red hatted swan supporter of mine that is that is the weekend kind of did not start off real well um for me on Friday <laughs> night as the swans kind of lost a game that I think a lot of people kind of they penciled in four points and it, it might have actually been kind of to the detriment of of their their finals we'll have to see it it'll, it'll really be interesting but Man, the the, fine, the 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 start of the weekend did not start off well, but in all, it was a great round of footy, some incredible games, and uh, I'm looking forward to chatting about it, especially considering we are leading up to some hellaciously good games to start off this round, so cannot wait. I think literally the game of the year, at least up to this point, is going down on Thursday, which is going to be nothing short of incredible and i'm beyond excited about that one uh, but what we got for you guys today we're going to take a look at um a big coach getting re-signed and a big player on the move as well we're going to take a look at how big the finals picture still is um take a look at a guy that maybe deserves a little bit more than uh, essentially a slap on the wrist for his actions this round and the person or team that has the most pressure on them going into round 17 of the AFL season. But of course, you can catch everything over on the website at thefourthandlong.com. Everything footy related is at thefourthandlong.com forward slash AFL. You can find us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at fourthandlongmedia. And you can find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Rumble, all that fun stuff. We are there. But what we uh, got for you first is the headlines of the round brought to you by Coach Hess. Break it down for us, Donnie. Oh, man. These these headlines are very interesting because it's a little bit of everything. We start off let's, – let's, we have to start off right off the bat of the, the early game with the Saints knocking off the Blues, keeping their finals hopes alive as 
kind of the opposite of what happens in the next game as the Saints come into the game against the Blues and everybody had the Blues winning. The Blues looked to be the team on the rise after after some big wins. And the Saints played probably their best game that they have over the last 10 or 12 rounds. So they've kept themselves alive. Now the questions go back over to the Blues. Are the, are the Blues yes, a little bit of a pretender? We'll really have to see. I mean... I don't think the Blues played a bad game. I just think the Saints played a better one. We already kind of talked about it. Second headline, Swan stumbled, leaving a chance to miss the eight. Unfortunately, they're they're sitting there hanging by the the, the, the barest of margins in the eight with a massive matchup with the Doggies coming up this week. So um, whether it was a horrible performance or not, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and throw out a ton of things other than did the Essendon play better than they did the first time that they played the Swans? Absolutely. Dylan Shield played a magnificent game. Essendon and all played a much better game. And the Swans were wasteful. They were absolutely woeful in front of goal. 14 behinds in that game. I mean, I've, I've heard it on numerous of podcasts. If the Swans kick straight, they probably win that one by 30. So is it that simple? No, I don't think it's that simple. I think there were much more to it. But in all... Essendon won the game. They were the better team in the long run. So the Swans have to pick up themselves by their bootstraps and move on to this next round. Tough one for the Swans. Definitely going to be uh, highlighting on them here in just a matter of minutes. So uh, look forward for to that sure. One. We go. Collingwood survived the Suns. The Suns' unlucky loss potentially ends finals dreams. I'm not going to fully put a line through the Gold Coast Suns, but that that loss to Collingwood definitely made it very, very difficult for them to make the finals. But again, another strong showing by the Suns. Uh, Collingwood survive it, play well. The scare might be is is the, how long is Darcy Moore out with that with that injury with that knee injury? We'll have definitely have to see. But the Pies, the red hot Pies, have won seven in a row and are screaming potentially at maybe being a wild card for making the top four. We'll have to keep an eye on how that goes. And another absolutely scintillating game to end the round as Frio survives scare from Port as, like the Suns, Port's finals hopes may have been dashed in the process. Unfortunately, Kenny Hinckley and the power, that 0-5 start is really, really, really an albatross around the neck of this power team as they again much more different difficult schedule than the than this than the gold coast suns and they still pretty much need to win out to even have a chance to make it unfortunately i can see or i think the power are done which really really is sad since they are such a good club they're playing much much better footy now than they did at the start of the season but this loss hurts this loss hurts a lot and uh, let's go. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, poor Adelaide here, Donnie, because we're going to hop into our overreactions here. Of course, this is part of the show. We like to start things off early because we all have opinions from each and every round, each and every game, each and every umpire call. We have a strong opinion. Well, maybe not strong, but. Maybe you guys do, actually. <laughs> I've seen Twitter, and I think that statement is correct. But we got overaction for you guys, and this is where I have three statements for Donnie. It's up to him to determine if it's indeed an overaction or if there's actually some truth to that. And on the backing of that Port Adelaide headline, let's go ahead and talk about them, Donnie. Because starting us off, we're going we're going to assess their, their hopes right now. Because as of right now, it... If a, they've kind of been half drowning 
this whole season, just trying to stay afloat, especially after they took a big dive to start the season, like you mentioned, going 0 for 5 uh, to start things off. Now, their finals hopes might just be at the bottom of the bay. So, steam number one, Donnie. Port Adelaide has unofficially, but officially, with air quotes, been eliminated from finals contention. Oh, we look at it. Let's just really quickly. We'll look at. I'm, I'm looking at the ladder here, and they are eight points back. So that is two full games back from from Sydney at 36. But St Kilda it's is also hard for on them to grab 36 eight points from their last. Well, of their but schedule, the other thing too. that doesn't help them too is their percentage is low. It's 103.9. So that is a low, mm. low percentage. That is lower mm -hmm. than St Kilda, who is currently in the ninth position, and that is not taking Western Bulldogs and Gold Coast, who are also in that little mix. But I. I I just went through and I went and I picked out their, their, their remaining schedule and it is it is not giving them a ton of um, great opportunities. You have the, <laughs> you have GWS this week, which I mean, the GWS supporter here, as much as I say it, I, I'm port is probably going to go in favorites in this game. That's four for port. <laughs> here's the here's the issue that then I have with Port Adelaide's schedule is you get Melbourne at the MCG. You get the Cats. Though it is at the Adelaide Oval, and then back to the MCG for Collingwood, back to the Adelaide Oval for the Richmond Tigers before ending the year against Essendon and the Adelaide Crows. Legitimately. In the showdown where they should be wearing the prison bars, by the way. If you want to catch our full conversation and debate about that one, <laughs> go ahead to our show from last week. Check it out, AFL Round 15 Breakdown, or just a segment of YouTube, uh, YouTube video uh, over on our channel. Go check that one out now if you haven't already. Super uh, happy for the support we got from all those poor LA supporters because apparently we're right and apparently we know more. Um, and apparently we've also been nominated to take over as co-CEOs for next year. And although I would love that that position i don't think the aussies would love the idea of americans running their sport um and i don't feel comfortable with the amount of hate threats that we would get in the mail but uh go check that one out if you guys oh know that already. one got so much traction when that came out i i laughed I so it. hard i went through i went through the just the comments early when it first came out and it was like well you can definitely tell the port fans love us and the non-port fans are a little <laughs> Huh, skeptical and i know some of the adelaide crows fans were even kind of like dudes really you're going there <laughs> so it was yeah, kind of interesting there. yeah we're for going sure there. but no it's unfortunately uh, as much as the power fans probably loved us uh, uh, last week they're probably not so happy with the news i'm gonna bear i just i i have i have trouble i have trouble seeing them winning more than three games of these last seven and that's not going to get you into the finals unless somebody, unless everybody in, in and around you absolutely fall apart. I'm, I'm going to say this is not, a, this, this is on, on par. I think Port Adelaide unofficially, mathematically, they still have a shot. I, I think they're, I think they're, you can put a line through them when it comes to making the finals, unfortunately. Realistically too. So, I mean, Port Adelaide has to win at least three games. You need the Swans drop at least four five games or probably sorry at least um you got you at got least seven you got games. seven games left meaning just just that swans would have the, the richmond the, probably swans st kill swan st kill the western bulldogs richmond all those teams in that little area would have to drop even gold least, coast at least three games in that process if no well, pretty much four to get yeah. in because of the four losses the, the four yep. teams that mm -hmm. most likely you're not going to win and unfortunately one of them is one of those opponents and that's richmond 
Yeah. So I just so sorry, Port, and uh, maybe sorry for Ken Hinckley as well. But uh, he, we're not done talking about good old Coach Ken um, because he's going to be brought up in a later conversation when we get talking about some a bit possibly a coaching carousel taking place this off season. But going to statement number two, Donnie, is that the Swans are the most overrated team currently in the finals. Oh boy! Kind of, to be fair, it kind of hurt me to type this one for you, but also <laughs> I, I uh, uh, put it on the docket. But I still really want to see your thoughts. Um, and, and I know that there's a few people that are probably there's a few people wearing red and white that are very fascinated by what I say on this. Overrated, I think, is a little bit of hyperbole that's used way mm. too much. I I don't think they're overrated. Mm. You don't you don't get in. You don't make a final spot. You're not in the top eight in the finals if you're overrated. Like this isn't. This isn't round week week two of the college basketball season when you're being ranked when you're being ranked a majority off of the previous season's winnings and, lo- and, and, and wins and losses. So you're rated fifth, but you haven't played anybody. Like it's this mm-hmm. is not the same. We are sixteen rounds into the season. Uh, Sydney has enough wins that they're in the that they are currently on the ladder in the finals. So mm-hmm. I, I hate using overrated. Are they a team that's the most vulnerable? If, 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 if you adjust it to are they the most vulnerable right now that's in the eight, I would say that's not an overreaction because their inconsistencies from how bad they can play to how good they can play is far bigger than most of the teams that they are around. So that's kind of like I, I hate using, using the overreaction word. So if you if you adjust that word to most vulnerable, are they the most vulnerable of the teams there? Yes, I would agree with that. Overrated? No, they're not overrated because at this point of the season, you can't be overrated. There's no ranking system here. So <laughs> to be fair, hard to call them overrated as well, just because of we know how hard the Victorian media kind of pounds on uh, the Sydney Swans. They're um. Not too, not too kind to you guys, Donnie. So, uh, um, <laughs> that's not the point. I think, put I think they're there. more worried about a particular, a particular Richmond Tiger who, who they're still trying to get him to, to comment whether he's planning on locating himself north or not, and and uh, a few how uh, how much disdain that he uh, he um, greeted them with this week. We we, we won't go also, into that. But. <laughs> I love how Dusty is kind of giving the middle finger to the media right now, either saying quiet or even going against them. Dusty, you're amazing, and uh, way, way to stick it to him because it's it's pretty damn entertaining. Um, but speaking about Victoria, let's talk about Melbourne, and let's also talk about Geelong because, statement number three, Donnie, it's Melbourne, it's Geelong, and then it's everyone else. Oh man, I don't because of Fremantle and Brisbane's stumbles over the last two or three rounds. I don't think this is an overreaction right now. It's hard not to argue that uh, Geelong Melbourne tomorrow morning is a grand final preview because this could be what we see as a grand final matchup if these teams continue to play the way they are playing. Fremantle, Brisbane, they're going to raise their hands. Carlton, I think, is also going to raise their hands. Richmond may raise their hand when it comes to being the foil to that particular plan. But right now, it is hard not to say that Melbourne and Geelong are are kind of a pedestal above many of the others. And the others just keep punching each other and falling down the rungs of the ladder. So, uh, no, I don't think this is an overreaction at all. 
it's I, I don't think it is either. I'm really right there with you, Donnie. Like that's why I am so damn excited for the first game of round 17 because it's it's going to answer quite a lot of questions when it comes to when it comes to grand final contention, when it comes to the real leader of the pack here um, for either team. Melvin, if they win this, they're un undisputably the best team in the league. But if they lose this and Geelong wins, then like we gotta take it almost have to put a little bit more respect on what Geelong's been receiving so far this year. So that's why I am this is a Geelong club that is ticking along. They're tied with Collingwood for the longest winning streak in the league. It's seven games right here. And one thing that um might I wouldn't necessarily call it unnoticed because it's not like I guess anything remarkable. But one thing that has been aiding Geelong is one thing that might not be talked as much of their offense, but of course their offense has been amazing this year. Their goal scoring has been amazing this year, but their defense has actually held up for the most part as well. And so that's really maybe the thing going for them. That's why they're able to contend with Melvin, who has an unbelievable defensive side of the footy, um, but also has an offensive power, firepower to make teams pay for not being able to score against them. So I think, I think these are two of the most grand final ready teams or maybe the teams that play the most i guess close to grand final footy um currently you you know what i mean you, you know exactly what i mean mm -hmm. no some people might not know what i mean but donnie is able to um he's able to translate my ramblings as an american that still doesn't know is uh <laughs> all that much about footy if we're being honest here but I just love this game. This game is going to mean everything. This game probably determines the grand final. I don't think that's exactly hyper hyperbole. It's definitely going to be a fun one. I, I'm not going to sit here and say this is this is for sure the grand final match because the finals can get wonky at times. It just really they can depends. Get, it's so well, messy. It, it just it really depends on matchup who gets where because as we kind of discuss as we've kind of discussed that the. the the, the Geelong's biggest negative for them sometimes going to the finals is having to play grand, having to pay preliminary finals or grand finals at the MCG, which is not their mm -hmm. home ground against teams that play. Another topic that we covered last MCG. round about how they got screwed over by the schedule makers. Um, and Donnie definitely had a little bit to say about that one. So you can check it out. We actually put a short on that one as well on YouTube um, to go along inside with the full show. So go ahead. Like I said, YouTube, check that one out. Donnie, um, go and keep plugging because uh, apparently I'm on a roll tonight. So keep, keep teeing them up for me because I'm loving it. <laughs> uh, I love it. No, so it'll be fascinating that it's it's going to be a heavyweight matchup it really is and it, it's gonna it could make or break um the way the top of the the, the way the top of the ladder so names out because if Geelong gets a win it throws everybody back a little bit into the mire so it, it'll be very it'll be very very fascinating um come about 8 a.m at least over here uh, about 9 or 10 p.m over there is what's the ladder look like after the Geelong Melbourne game ends just another reason why you guys should stick along till the end to catch our tips for this game and the rest. I definitely have a, um, I definitely have a bit of a bold tip of the round here that you guys are going to love, uh, especially when it comes to going heavily against the tipsters' choices according to the AFL.com website. But let us know your thoughts on these overreactions here, if they're overreactions or not. Is it Melbourne, Geelong, and everyone else? Are the Swans the most overrated team in the finals? And his Port Adelaide been kicked out of finals contention. But 
like I said, especially with poor LA, we're going to talk about Ken Hinckley, okay? And we're going to talk about some of the other coaches around the league because it's time to take a look at the potential coaching carousel that is going to take place this offseason. And I am excited because I know for a fact that the GWS Giants are going to be well a part of that carousel. And I think there's some good names that they can definitely get their hands on. But what is going to lead us to that is before we get to what the blank for this episode, we're going to take a look at a man that absolutely deserved what he got this week. And that is Stewie Do gets two. He's extended for a couple of seasons. And also, I kind of took a little bit of, um, of um, what's the word? I really hate that. When you when you try to, it's such a simple word. <laughs> it's such a simple word, but you can't think about Give it. Give me some descriptors, took, see if I can help you out here. Well, um, an inspiration from Coach there Donnie with his Hess's headlines. There we go. I can talk, ladies and gentlemen. I do it um, all the time. You think I'd be better at this point, but apparently not. But uh, I took a little inspiration from Donnie going with Stewie Do. A uh, little headline, kind of, and I thought you would roll with this. Stewie Do gets to, and I think the, the thing I like the most about this is the reaction that this news got it seemed like pretty much everywhere you looked everyone thought it was a good deal for the team for the coach they're all happy with it and it's so well deserved for coach do as well because he hasn't necessarily been handing the longest stick when it comes to having to manage this Gold Coast Suns team, when it comes to having to manage their list, when it comes to having to manage their injuries, their opponents. But he's done a great job with it, and I really think he's been doing everything the AFL would want him to do, especially with this kind of being a pet project of the league with their Gold Coast expansion. And he definitely deserves this. I think it's a great move. The only reason I don't like this move is because that means GWS isn't going to even have a chance to get him. Uh, but that's just me being selfish. Johnny, your thoughts on this? Well, I I remember we we were talking last. We were talking one of one of the podcasts. I think might have been last podcast. And I said I said the most under. You said the most underrated player. And I said I want to adjust it. And I want to say the most underrated coach would be Stewie Do. And to see this news and to see this news yesterday, last at least last night for us here, and mornings for for um, our Australian viewers, I I. I didn't see a single negative thing that was even come close to being posted about Stewie do getting this job. Everybody was happy for him. Everybody was excited for him. Many, many, many of these fans, not Suns fans, no Suns, very few Suns fans for the ones that were commenting on it. So it just shows you that the effort and the ability of Stewie do to, to make the Suns relevant, to bring that, to bring a young rabble of, 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 of players together and he's really made something out of that group to where i mean as we say the previous two weeks they fall by two points in both of those games they win both of those games legitimately we're talking right now the gold coast suns potentially being in the finals how you crazy funny? how crazy is that that, Dying, that like, conversation is still not dead in my opinion i, I still think i this one I is think difficult it, because I would I give think it about they a still 15 percent chance of happening, but there is hope for Stewie doing the Gold Coast Suns to still make the finals, which is not something I was necessarily expecting to say at this point of the year. Well, if you you ask you ask some people, I mean, I mean, think of think about the headlines going into this season. One of the most talked about discussion points was 
how soon will Clarko take over for Stewie Do, or how soon will Stewie Do get the ass? Like, legitimately, mm-hmm. we went into this season, everybody was talking about it. Stewie Do was the first one. He was already fired before the season even started. Like, legitimately, he was dead man walking. There was no way he mm-hmm. could do it. And they've literally <laughs> put the proverbial middle finger to the AFL and to all the people talking about that. And I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I think they have been a absolute wonder to watch. So it's, I just, I love the Suns. I love what he's doing. And, and legitimately, the only thing that bugs me about this is, is that I've, I've heard this said by a few media members. And unfortunately, I do agree. This means next year, the Suns have to make the finals. They have to make the finals. If they can keep everybody healthy and on the list, on the park, the Suns have a big enough gripe with the talent that they have on their list. They should make finals next year. And that I don't is, think that's completely unreasonable, though. It's not unreasonable, but it's terrifying for a young list because it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. It is a that's lot fair. a lot of pressure on a team that has, has a lot of players under the age of 28. So it's just a very, very interesting little little situation we got here. Um, I, I pulled it up really quickly because thinking the Suns still have a chance for the finals. They got the, Rich, they, they got the Richmond Tigers this week. That's not an easy draw, even up in Metricon. Nope. Um, I just, I, I'm not super confident in that one. Essendon, Honestly, I, I, think could, they, I see 16 points here, possibly. Yeah, I North Melbourne, they should win. Hawthorne, they should probably win. West Coast is still up in the air. I don't know what West mm-hmm. Coast you're going to get because West Coast is injury riddled. But they <laughs> seen a few they put a scare. They've put a scare into a couple of opponents over the last few weeks. They're not so just they, a pushover anymore. That's not anymore. solely just for North Melbourne at this point. Well, three week three weeks ago, you'd have said their final four. Their final four games. There's only one game that you're worried about, and that's Geelong, in in round twenty two. I mean, three like I said, three or four weeks ago, you had West, you had West Coast, you had Hawthorne, and you had North as three of your final four games. You're chalking up twelve points already. That's mm-hmm. that's not as simple anymore. And Essendon, I don't think Essendon is as easy as a as a four points as some people were talking either. So I mean, Brisbane's got a shot, but they're gonna have they're gonna have to pull a few. They may have to beat Richmond. They may have to try to get an upset over either Geelong or Brisbane to give themselves a shot. And I'm just not sure if that'll happen. Of course. Um, I think it might happen though. I, I, I'm well, I'm not saying that it's going to, I'm just saying that hey, there's still hope there um, over on the gold coast. And one of the interesting things that's going on now is some news that just broke a little bit before we started recording this actually over uh, Wednesday night here in the States, Thursday morning over in Australia um, is that according to, uh, Mr. Brown of, I think it's uh, uh, Fox uh, 47, um, he said that Alistair Clarkson has, um, he's kind of keen on the Essendon Bombers, which of course assumes that they move on from their current coach. They bring in Alistair Clarkson, so that's an interesting thing to hear. Um, and then with our kind of thoughts that poor Allade is not going to make the finals, we could almost, it's fairly safe to assume that they're going to move on from Ken Hinckley as well. So that puts a kind of a couple coaches, a few coaches possibly there in the mix, whether it be for GWS, whether it be for Port Allade, whether it be for, um, for Essendon as well. Um, so there, 
I think it's going to get a little bit crazy. I still got my fingers crossed that GDVS does come down with Clarko as their head coach. I would be so ec ecstatic to see what he can do with that list, even without possibly Tim Taranto. Um, so we'll see what happens, Donnie. I think it's going to be crazy, though. <laughs> this could be a lot of movement, potentially. It'll be it'll be fascinating. It definitely throws a little bit of a curveball in the DWS ranks because I think I think there was some people probably that were banking on Clarkson being a high high thought process for GWS's job because there is a ton of young talent. There is some some things there, but for him to kind of earmark Essendon, kind of it's a very fascinating earmark because it throws it throws a lot of curveballs at at Essendon's coach currently and kind of the review that they're currently undergoing because i mean if they you don't want to you don't want to say people are doing stuff to to make things happen but you're almost worried that will they try to find issues so then they can mm -hmm. let go of their current coach to let Alistair Clarkson yeah. come back in wouldn't be the first um, thing that the first time that's happened yeah, so there's a little bit of eh, to it, a little bit, but um, I don't know. But it, that that is that sends that sends a shockwave a little bit through because Gold Coast Gold Coast job is now off the table, so we don't have to worry about that one. Um, and then the fact that he's earmarking Essendon definitely makes it very fascinating. Um, it's it's going to be a wait and see big time over this off season, especially if Essendon does let their coach go. Exactly. Technically, the only job opening in the league right now is in Greater Western Sydney, but there's definitely a couple, at least a couple, that might be opening up by the time this uh, season is over. But let us know your thoughts on that one. Um, who is going to, who is Alistair Clarkson going to go to? Who's going to fill in for GWS? Is Ken Hinckley's job kind of... Uh, off <laughs> it is what i'll call that one um let us know your thoughts in the comments below or hit us up on our socials at fourth law media on instagram or twitter or coach hess at coach hess 40 on both platforms as well but speaking about the aforementioned tim taranto let's go ahead and talk about him because news has broke recently that some victorian clubs are circling around the young gun the young midfielder from the giants with richmond and collingwood being among the key suitors in case he seeks a trade a lot of this uh, speculation comes on um tim taranto has been saying saying pretty silent about this or saying pretty private with his choice a lot of it is believed to come down to who is going to be taking over the mantle um for gws next season which of course is a totally logical thing to do if you're a player you kind of want to see who's running the club if you want to make a decision i think that's perfectly fine about that one um but you know, remember the number, uh, the second overall pick in the 2016 draft. He's out of contract at the end of this season, but not a free agent until 2024. Um, so we got, like I said, it's the Tigers and Magpies that seem to be keen on taking him back to Melbourne if he decides that he wants to leave in trade that is going to work out here. So, first off. I hate this thought because I would love to keep Tim Taranto on this team for as long as for the foreseeable future because he's great and he's still super young. Um, and I and he kind of broke out last year as well. I became a huge fan of him for his performances last year. I think I remember him being huge in their regular season game against Geelong late in the year that helped propel them to finals. Um, I I 
love the kid. I, I mean, kid, I, he's older than me. Why am I calling him a kid? Damn. Um, I <laughs> love the man. And I, I think he's, I hope he's going to stay. I hope they get some good. Maybe Clarko is why he's going to stay here. Um, but I guess we'll see what you think about this one. Is he on the move or what can save him? Um, if, if anything, <sighs> It'll be inter- it'll be interesting for that one. Timmy Taranto is one of the. It's, uh, my thing is, I see a very high possibility he hits free agency because GWS just runs into is that they have so many young talented superstars that they got to pay. They sign some people. <laughs> eventually, you just right. you just can't pay them all. You just it's it, the crazy thing about it is just how many GWS players that were drafted by GWS now find themselves in different places purely because of this. Like. It, Jeremy Cameron, Adam Trelore, Aiden Core. There's, there's so many. Oh, you, so you depressing. You could Donnie, literally stop, make it. Stop. You could, you could stop there. I don't need to well, hear you these names. If you think that's bad, Gold Coast is Gold Coast is just as bad. Like legitimately, yeah, Gold cool. Gold Coast is just as bad. They, should, I, I remember watching a game this week. They showed a highlight of one of Gold Coast's biggest wins over the Magpies back in like 2010, mm-hmm. and. 80% of the guys that featured for Gold Coast in that game don't play for the club anymore. Oh. Yeah, like Tom Lynch, Dixon, um Tom, Ablett Jr., I, I don't know why I Tom Lynch. Yeah, like that it, the scary part to think about is how many how many superstars were were drafted up to Gold Coast and then and have left since then. And it's the same they thing a little tried bit with clearly to get that team going. The, but the, Oh. Well, you could say the same thing for GWS a little bit too, and I think you that's kind of like well, Adam, Adam Chalor. Adam Chalor is a former GWS. Adam Chalor is a former GWS player. Dylan Shield. There's there's so many. So I just I, unfortunately I see Taranto being another one of those. He's a casualty because of the finances. And unless something changes, or unless he's going to take a lot less money than he's probably expecting. I just I see Taranto hitting the free agency market. Does he stay in Does he stay in Sydney and try to go over to the to the red side? I highly doubt it because I think I think like I'm I'm seeing like a few tweets from a few friends from a few friends of mine that are like that are like who would you like prefer, who would you prefer Dusty Martin or Tim Taranto? The majority of the answer is neither. <laughs> like I legitimate I am legitimately uh, not kidding with you like the most people that have stuff. responded to that when they say neither and the reason that they say that is because why spend a million dollars on a guy like Dusty Martin or Tim Taranto when you can spread that million dollars among six or seven players of your exactly. youngsters for your Dusty's future Dusty's definitely going to be worth more I think Tim's probably going to be closer to like that 700,000 range mm-hmm. um, which is still you know, a good chunk of money, but at least he's not going to be looking for it. Well, he, at least he probably, he likely isn't, and he probably isn't going to get uh, that seven-figure mark. That's going to be interesting to see where he lies because, um, especially to my, depending on his price point, depending on the uh, club he makes it to, man, that could be a hell of an impact player, especially maybe see him on Collingwood next year. That definitely adds a little bit of a... 
which is really really interesting considering two years ago we, we were we were getting on collingwood about having a salary dump to save their salary and now all of a sudden they have tons of salary cap space so it's kind of interesting because <laughs> they did a good job <laughs> that they're that well they are they're already it sounds like they're pretty much on the on the last legs of signing daniel mcstay from the lions to be another forward mm. for the collingwood magpies which could be interesting on how does that affect the future of a of, of our of your favorite player mason cox so I just I don't know. I, Mason I, Cox and GWS, bring it on, Donnie. Let's go. Oh boy, it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> I just I, I have a, I have a hard time seeing Taranto staying at GWS unless he takes a pay cut. Like and that's it, it, and it would hurt. It would really. And he has would no hurt. reason to. But uh, but I agree. It's just it, he, the, with the, with the caliber of player that he is, I highly doubt that. So unfortunately, I potentially see him donning a new Guernsey next next year. Yeah, um, honestly, I w- the last thing I would be is mad or disappointed if he refuses to take a pay cut because that man deserves to make a decent bit of cash in his next contract. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, it's been nice knowing him, though. So uh, I'm just going to let that one go uh, go in peace, apparently. <laughs> um, but let us know your thoughts on those couple uh, on, on that. Where is Tim Durant going to end up next year? Is he going to stay with GDBS? Is he on the move? RFG, is G, GWS going to end up with Mason Cox, the best American uh, footy player of all time and the best um, American Australian footy player of all time as well? Please let it happen. Put that into the in, into the world so I can see the best player in the league on the best team in the league. <laughs> Go ahead and book that. Oh, man. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Definitely not talking hyperbole here, even though I really am. But what we're going to hop into before we get into the best list that the world has ever seen when it comes to Coach Donnie's team of the round for round 16, which we're definitely going to actually talk about this round. No need to go into <laughs> anything specific. Uh, we got what the blame. We're going to take a look at some real contenders here in the window of the finals and uh, take a look and maybe a bit of a slap on the wrist for this Brisbane superstar. Uh, but for those that don't know how this segment works, I got three statements for Coach, and it's up to him. And there's a um, blank at either the beginning, the middle, or the end. It's up to him to fill in the blank with whatever he so chooses. And starting us, uh, starting us off this um, round is the finals contender list is blank teams deep. Oh, I look at I look at this is is that um, going through the schedules of set. both Port Adelaide and the Gold Coast Suns. Unfortunately, I think it's ten right now. I think it is. I think it is ten mm. deep. But I am also one of those that I think the game Friday morning, um, at least here between Sydney and the Western Bulldogs, could be an eliminator for the Western Bulldogs because if the Doggies don't win that one against the Swans, that would then again put them two games back. Um, with only six games left, which is a very, very tough road, and, and they don't have a super easy schedule. So honestly, right now, I'm going to say 10, um, with the chance of potentially being down to nine if, this, if the Swans knock off the Doggies this week. It, I, I think it could be down to only one, one extra team to get knocked out when it comes to making the finals because it's just two or three games is a huge, huge ask, especially this late in the season. And we're almost locked into the top eight. That's exciting. Uh, I think the most movement we're going to get <laughs> is possibly, I think the most movement we're going to get, whether it comes to finals or top four, is 
maybe it's going to be at the top four. Oh, I think with, it's definitely um, going to be top four. Considering right now, second second through fourth is all tied at 40 points, and second through sixth has only a one-game difference. There is going to be more movement in the top eight than there is outside of it. Like, legitimately, the ma- I, 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 I agree with what some people said. I don't think we're going to know the matchups of who plays who until the final game is done on round 23, which I'm hearing rumors because it's still floating because round 23 has not set. There are talks that it could be the mega rivals, Collingwood and Carlton, as the last game on Sunday for the last for, for for the round, which could be massive because if both Carlton and Collingwood have a chance for f- top four, that game could be even more. I mean, even more into it than than is already in in the first place. So I, I look at it That'd like this: awesome. is that um, I I think this I think the top eight is going to fluctuate, is going to change. We are not we are not going to know who plays who until the end of that final round because I think percentages are going to be absolutely massive to who plays where. Well, I I don't think it's out of the question that, uh, and I think it's actually very very likely that someone is going to miss the finals off of percentage points this year. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I, that. Could, I could completely see that. And here's here's the other thing too that you that mm. you could see crazy crazy happenings if Geelong beats Melbourne, and both Brisbane and Brisbane and Fremantle win. You could have four teams at forty eight at the end of this round. Four, four teams <laughs> tied for top of the table. This season's been so and much fun. And here, here's the here's the other thing. If 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 somehow craziness happens. You could you could literally see it to where there's only a one game difference between first and eighth, if things happen the way they could. I don't think it'll happen, but look at look at it. You look at it right now. It's thirty six to forty eight. That's only a two. That's only a two game difference. If Melbourne loses, which brings them back to forty four, and you have forty eight, and then like I said, Carlton or Collingwood lose. I mean, I mean, literally, you could, you could have within two points. I mean, it, it is it is absolutely insane how close this could be, going into just next round, let alone the last six rounds of the year. And the funny part is, we 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 already discussed in a couple of podcasts ago. We have our predictor ladder that we get to do here in a couple of rounds, which I think is going to be fascinating by then because it could be even more insane by that. I time am not period. looking forward to doing that because literally <laughs> it's going to be wrong every single round. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, here, here's here's the it's thing. I just did my math, sir. That's next episode. <laughs> because oh, this is round this on. is round 18 and 19 19 20 21 22 23 that's five rounds left meaning after this round so that's the next episode we you will get to see our predictor our, our predictor ladder we're going to go through on the website do the prediction oh ladder and we will say who's going to make the finals Oh boy, I am not looking forward for that to that one. and not looking forward to that all at the same time. So that means you better stick around for next week. Um, the best way to do that is following us on our socials or subscribing to us on YouTube, following us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, statement number two, Donnie, is that Hip Woods fine for bumping and dump is blank. Um, <laughs> it depends on who you talk to on this one. Exactly. Oh man, I I have never seen so much discord between between panelists on shows. Like I want <laughs> I watched the first fine. crack, 
And yeah. David King wanted him suspended for several games. He did it on purpose. <sighs> and then literally next breath, Lee Montagna goes, yeah, he, he's, he should get a fine and that's it. And then literally went through why. And David King went, huh, I got some good points there. So it was, <laughs> that, well, here's the, here's the thing. If you watch the, if you watch the vision, Mm-hmm. You can see it both. You can legitimately, yeah, on what hat you want to wear, say, argue both sides of it. You could say, well, Hipwood intentionally pushed the umpire into the intentionally pushed Bailey Williams into the umpire to get free so he could have a mark. But if you look at it though, as well, just before they bump each other. Williams steps into Hipwood's running lane or the direction he's running, thus initiating contact. So it wasn't a push. Mm-hmm. It was body on body Get contact. Out of the way. <laughs> and he was kind of trying to defend his space. So mm-hmm. I think a fine is okay. I, I think this is one of those situations. We don't know what Hipwood is thinking and we never will because Hipwood's oh. never going to come out and be an idiot and say, yeah, I intentionally pushed him into the umpire. No person should ever be that dumb. No. So he's not going to say it. So we're never going to know. You can't prove it. You, there, there's enough doubt there. You can't hang the guy for something you can't prove. The The fine is okay. Just tell him, dude, next time you're on the referee, just try not to do that. Like, that's legitimately yeah. the only thing they can do in this situation. It's It's... I understand why some people are frustrated. I understand why some people want him suspended, but you just, you can't prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he did it intentionally. And again, the ultimate source is him and he's never going to say it. So fine. I think this is one the league got right. This 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 is one one of those. It's it's not like a big fine either. It's like a, it's a reminder fine. Like, Hey, don't do this. Um, But it's also not one that's going to like screw him over with unfair punishment. I thought, this was well done by the league. I, I, I say if you, oh, a specific word, I say understandable. That his fine is understandable. Mm. I understand completely mm-hmm. why he got the fine. Yeah, I, I'm i right there with you. I think the league, this is one of those where the league got this one right. Um, and they've actually been doing a decent job the last few rounds when it comes to umpiring and, um, you know, I guess maybe punish, player punishment. Um, I've, I've appreciated what the league's been doing, especially you can get our thoughts on the big umpire change that they uh, made last round. Um, go ahead, check that out um, over at our round 15 breakdown or, of course, our segmented video over on YouTube. But our last uh, what the blank statement for this round is, Coach, blank has the most pressure on them in round 17. This could be team or player. I'm going to, I'm going to say team because I, again, I'm going to make it a little bit simpler and because we've already discussed them and that's the Western Bulldogs, because as I just said previously, I think this is, this is their make or break a game of the year. If they want to make finals, they cannot lose this game to the Swans this week, cannot lose mm-hmm. this game to the Swans at all, because you lose this, you put yourself two games back of the top of, of the final, final spot. That is, that is a massive gap to try to, to try to make up. So if I'm, the most pressured, the most under pressured team this round is the Western Bulldogs. The question is, will they be able to handle it? And what type of Swans teams do they get? Because usually, when the Swans lose a game like this, horse runs through them like a like. Oh my gosh! Like he he will they bounce back to them. They bounce back. 
I don't want to be the doggies if if Horst gave them the spray that I think he possibly could. The doggies may get a red hot and very angry Swans team come Friday night in in, Mel, in, in, in Sydney. So most team under pressure, Western Bulldogs. Now, we know it's a bit of a different situation for either team pending a loss. If uh, the Doggies lose this one, it's all um, likely that they are eliminated from finals. If Sydney loses this one, they still have a good chance to make finals. So, even though that the Doggies might have more pressure than the Swans, what would you say it is for Sydney going to this game? How much pressure would they be feeling? Well, you have to say Sydney's under a ton of pressure, too, because they're the mm-hmm. bottom team of the ladder A to the team. Everybody's exactly. going, they're the most under pressure but here's the thing and i've stated it a few times to a few people is that if you look at their run home their run home does have some winnable games that honestly if you're the swans you have in your back pocket a little bit that that, that these games aren't so make or break it now like the Western Bulldogs, yes, is a tough one. You got to go out to Fremantle in, the, in in your next round, but then you get the Adelaide Crows, which most likely, like I said, you're going to be favorites. The GWS Giants, you're most likely going to be favorites, though it's a derby game, so you never know what's going to happen. The almost the, all, automatic, all the derby means is that it's going to be a super fun game to watch. <laughs> the almost automatic four points with the North Melbourne Roos in round 21. So so after they get past Frio next round, they're, they're looking at three games that you would honestly – as a Swans fan or even a neutral say there's most likely 12 points right there. You're most likely sitting and watch 12 points. Now we just saw them lose to Essendon. So you never can bank anything, but mm-hmm. you look at it for the normal, what you would think there's 12 points there. So you've got a little bit of wiggle room going into those final two rounds to where you get those 12 points. You could be sitting fifth or sixth, and two games gap, meaning you can, you can afford to you can afford to not have to win both games of those last two games of the season to get into the finals. And with St Kilda, you don't, you just don't know what type of team you're going to get. And Collingwood are Collingwood beneficiaries of winning close games to where if they get tested, will they fold? We don't know. Collingwood's kind of another one of those wild card teams. Yes, they've won seven in a row, but a lot of them have been under two goals and have been close games. Will they crack if the pressure gets to them in another game? So, if you're the sw- if you're the Swans, there's pressure, but it's not the same pressure the Bulldogs, where you're like, oh crud! If you lose this game, you're in trouble. Like you almost have to win out to make finals if you're the Western Bulldogs. If you lose this game on Friday, where I guess the difference Swans... between those two clubs is, go ahead. Yeah, it's more of like a, the Doggies. It's a must win. The Swans. It's a we really should win this one. <laughs> it's it's you would really like to win it, knowing you've got Fremantle the week after. Yeah, at least get a little bit of momentum going into Frio, uh, because that could very well be a very good Frio team, especially what happens this round. And in Optus um, Stadium too, which is their which ooh, is their better ground. Yeah, I was just going to look to see where is this game being played. It's, it's um, at Optus Stadium. That, that that's why that's why I was saying that this this game yep. this game has a little bit of pressure. It's not a ton of pressure, but it's. If you're the Swans, you want a little bit of positive momentum going to the horror, the horror venue that is Omdra Stadium for road teams against Fremantle this year. Yeah, it's uh, 
it's not great more of a haunted house uh, if you would um uh, but that's going to do it for what the blank this round let's know your thoughts um how long is the current finals list did the league get things right when it comes to hipwood's uh fine for bumping an umpire and who has the most pressure on them heading into round 17 whether it be a player or a team but before we get to our crazy tips for this round let's take a look <laughs> because they're going to be crazy no matter what i haven't even seen his i just know it's going to be a fact because there's some tough ones to make this round but before we get there we are going to make sure we get coach donnie's tip of the round the best <laughs> list that you will hear across either sea um from sea to uh, from shore to shore across the massive pacific ocean donnie still has the biggest and best list Donnie, you're not compensating for anything, are you? And let us know your thoughts and who made the prestigious team of the round list for round 16. Yeah, so so inside inside joke. Before the podcast started, I did and we I I became aware we did not do my team of the week <laughs> last round, and I feel horrible. And I'll unfortunately, take the blame for, that one. Um, for those that follow me on Instagram, I have I'm going to try to get the team of the week out earlier before the podcast comes out. So in case that ever happens again, you still have that out there. I need to get it on Twitter as well. I just had not had a chance to do that before. So team of the round this week, some great performers. So let's again, we always start with the. Defense defenders um western bulldogs again this guy is always on the list if it's not caleb daniels it is bailey dale bailey dale again continuing great performance on the backside for the doggies they may not have the strongest defense but this young man definitely plays some great great minutes for the western bulldogs carlton's adam sod again this guy is this guy has absolutely stepped up for a depleted carlton back line he has still got a stinging left boot on him can put it anywhere on the pitch and as quick Hard as be sad up. when you got sod yeah, exactly. Um, uh, an absolutely all-Australian performance by Jack Sinclair of the St. Kilda Saints. 37 disposals in this game, absolutely everywhere. It showed that why the Sydney Swans tagged him in the game where he only had 19 touches in that game. So it shows his impact on it. Um, this young man definitely burned me as a Swans fan, and that is essence is Nick Hind with the game-winning goal for him. Hind had an incredible game, playing much better footy as the season has gone on. Former Swan and Adelaide Crow standout, um, Jordan Dawson, another great game by the youngster, the defender from the Crows. And last but not least, from the Port Adelaide Power, Ryan Burton with the final defensive spot on the starting lineup. We go to the Ruck. Mr. Patty Ryder, the ageless wonder that is Patty Ryder, continuing to play great rock there um, for the St. Kilda Saints. We jump to the midfield. We had some incredible, incredible performances. So many multiple goal kickers in this group here. We start off Essendon Zach Merritt with an incredible game for the Essendon Bombers. Sydney's Chad Warner having himself a day with three goals in this game, even in a losing effort. Melbourne's Christian Petraka. I mean, it's Petraka and Oliver. One of those two most likely is going to get a spot out of the Melbourne Demons because <laughs> those two are absolutely incredible. I'm going to give a tiny tip. This one is kind of a smoky a little bit for this group, and that's Josh Dacos from the Collingwood Magpies, kicking three goals from the midfield for the Pies, being able to help them get a big win over the Gold Coast up at Metricon Stadium. 
and showing the improvement, West Coast Eagles' Tim Kelly with an incredible performance for the Eagles, showing that the Eagles, though they were down a lot, have started to kind of find their feet footing when it comes to their footy. So keep an eye on the Eagles as the season goes on. We jump to the forwards. A ton, a ton of goal kickers in this. Starting off, Charlie Cameron in the first game of the round had a field day. In the first game of the round, we jumped to it. The pair from Geelong, Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins, absolutely lit up the North Melbourne Ruse. This doesn't shock me, but you can't not put both of these prestigious gentlemen in the top. A gentleman. Didn't uh, Tom outscore the Ruse in this one? Yep, 39-32. The shade shade from the... uh, channel seven or the afl website was, was pretty good it was 39 32 was the final score between the two of them oh, uh yeah hawkins had 39 great. and the north melbourne Roos combined had 32 that was pretty funny um a huge shout out to this one and i'm going to give stewie do a little bit of credit here gold coast isaac rankin he is finally starting to play the way i think a lot of people saw this young man going to be able to be a player for the Gold Coast Suns, absolutely putting the Suns on his back, playing incredible footy right now. Isaac Rankin of the Gold Coast Suns, a four-game player, Callum Brown from the GWS Giants, steps into the wet and kicks four goals for the Giants, helping the Giants uh, in their in their game. And last but not least, this man is an absolute beast when he wants to be. The problem is he doesn't want to be a lot, and that is Rory Lobb of the Fremantle Dockers. <laughs> the one oh, one player on the Fremantle say- Dockers that frustrates me because when he wants to play, he can be the toughest matchup in the entire competition. And then there's games he just... I don't know if he doesn't feel it or what. I don't know. Now, here's the funniest part about the, about my team of the week. This was not done intentionally. The next three players all on the bench are all Fremantle Dockers players. And that is Jordan Clark, Jordan Aish, and Sean Darcy are the defender, midfielder, and and rock. Again, Fremantle. You got something. Tell me, Donnie, you secretly a Frio supporter? You ditching the Swans? No, I just I, I, you, you just can't you just can't deny they had incredible performance in that game no, against Port Adelaide in great performances by all of them. They were just a little bit short from the starters, but all three of the four bench players were Fremantle Dockers. And last but not least, off the bench is Tim Membry, uh, the the St. Kilda Saints forward, kicking four goals in this game and helping the Saints get a big win over the Carlton Blues. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my team of the week. It is out on Instagram. I need to get it out on Twitter. I'm kicking myself a little bit, but I will try to get that out here um, in a little bit, hopefully before the podcast goes live. And of course, it probably will. I, I just love that last round. So last round, uh, when you, if you watch it, the video, uh, you might have seen a little bit of latency when it comes to. Uh, you might have looked like you're watching an old school Japanese film because my words did not necessarily <laughs> match up between the audio and the movement of my mouth. Um, essentially, stuff hit the fan last round when they came to recording, and it was perfect because I was like, "Yeah, guys, you know, typically I get this out a few hours, you know, and you know this time, um, it took about a few hours longer than usual." So I definitely jinxed myself last round. Do my best to not do it this moment. Keep your fingers crossed that technology actually works out the way it says it will. Um, once that, that happens, then we would essentially be living in heaven because we will never have that during our time on this earth. But 
thank you so much for your list and uh, your fantastic one of course donnie of course you find them on instagram and twitter at coach hess 40 go ahead check that one out those posts are going to be coming out a little bit more consistent or so he says i think we'll see <laughs> well at least we'll at least get two at least we'll get two of the week i'm, I'm gonna try to be sure to at least get those on Instagram and then Twitter. I'm a little bit more active on Twitter when it comes to it, so I'm going to try to get them both up on each. Heck yeah. So, I think it'll uh, blow up. Yep. Best best uh, footy account on Twitter, in my opinion, besides, of course, me. Uh, definitely no bias there. Um, maybe a little bit. Who knows? But before, <laughs> before we cap things off, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our tips for round 17. And it's... um. It's not going to be an easy week, especially with the first couple of games that we got going on. Because, of course, Sarasov is going to be quite possibly the most important game of the entire season. And that is the Geelong Cats, the Melbourne Demons. This is at the GMHBA Stadium. The odds are very, very close. Melbourne is slight favorites in this one. And slight favorites, according to the tipsters as well, according to the AFL.com site. They are tipping the Ds at 53%. And, Donnie, I'm going with the hottest team in the league right now, and that's the Cats taking it at home. Um, obviously, this isn't an easy tip to make, but going off of form, and also I think really comes down to the type of the difference in grounds between the MCG and the GMHBA in this one, too. I think that's going to play a big role. Um, I, I, This one I bounce back and forth a little bit. Um yeah, because I, I see everything that you I see everything that you're saying completely. Actually, I completely agree with a lot of the things that you say. Here's the thing that I'm <laughs> I made this tip before the teams even came out a little bit too. Um, I just I think Melbourne's midfield is going to be just such a pain. Dangerfield looks better. This is great, yeah. but after Dangerfield, like it there there is not the strength that Melbourne has with Petraka, with Oliver, with Viney. With mm-hmm. Brayshaw, with all of their all of their depth in the midfield, I think that's going to hurt. And then the fact that now Gone and Jackson are both in, so Reese Stanley now goes from climbing up just the tiniest kitty hill to the massive mountain that is Jackson and Gone. This made my tip even a little bit more confident. My only worry with those two is the fact that they could that Gone and Jackson could come in underdone. That they're worried about trying to get the number one spot, that they're bringing mm. them back a week or two early. So that's my only worry that I sit there and say on that. So I'm going to tip Melbourne. Um, conveniently, I just received a text message from our from our great esteemed colleague, that is Brad, um, with his tips, and he has also gone with the Melbourne Demons to win this game over. So that is two. That is two. Okay, tips so we'll see if I could catch you with this one then. I think I am uh, four games back on him right now, so this one might be able to help me. We've got to remind you before we do our tips each week to do the tip ladder because I always okay. I always send us home the tip ladder. So I know we'll, we'll, we'll rewind just the tiniest bit. Tip ladder going into this round. Again, Ross is correct. He has four games back with 92 wins. Brad has 96. Ross has 92. Myself with 90. And uh, my, my good friend, Zach, with 82 wins on the season. So we go into this season, again, four games back, so we may have to make some moves. You and I or, or Brad may run away with us. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm going to have to make some moves this round. And uh, a way I'm going to make some moves is by tipping Geelong. And another way I'm going to make the, some moves on is with my bold tip of the round. Because even though all the stuff we're talking about when it comes to doggies and swans, 
And how the Swans are probably going to win this game, if we're being honest here. I am tipping the Western Bulldogs. I am going to have my cake and eat it too. I think Sydney's going to win. But I am tipping the doggies. It's my show. I can do what I want, damn it. And this is my promise to you guys. Every single round, you're going to get at least one bold tip of the round. This is mine right here. Just 15% of tippers going with the doggies. And I am going to ride with them on this one. They're going to handle the Sydney Swans at the SCG as underdogs. And they're going to stay... Um, alive when it comes to finals contention. All right, um, <laughs> I I don't think that's as big a bold statement as as you as you probably want it to be. I think a lot of people are no, tipping Sydney. <laughs> well, no, I think a lot of people are tipping Sydney, plain and simply, off of the fact that Sydney is at home. Sydney is the team in the finals, and the doggies have struggled a little bit over the last few rounds. My, the reason I'm tipping Sydney and Brad is also tipping Sydney as well is because is that with a small Ooh, I'm moving on two games this round guaranteed. Let's go. Oh, it'll be it'll be very interesting <laughs> after after the after just the first two days uh, how this ladder sits definitely. Um, <laughs> um, the the doggies handball game may not work as well on this on the shorter. Sydney cricket ground. The, the, their, their handball game, I think, works really well on big grounds, on grounds when they can get mm-hmm. space. Sydney defends usually pretty well. They were a little sketchy a little bit against Essendon, but it was more the kicks that burned them more than handballs. So I'm worried that, that the smaller ground, the tighter confines, and a little bit of pressure may undo the doggies' style a little bit. Plus, you got to remember the doggies beat the, the, the Swannies earlier in the year. There's could could horse bring back that tape and, and make some adjustments from that so i so i'm gonna i'm gonna tip sydney with this but i again i don't think this is as as big a bold tip for you as you think it is i i'm this concerns me as a swans fan of another loss because this is a very good doggies team that when they get going can be very very dangerous yeah um i I think it's going to be a fun game, though. At the, at the end of the day, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. It's going to be very competitive, but what's probably not going to be competitive at all is the Cullinan Magpies and the North Melbourne Roos. Um, 99% of tippers going... I appreciate that. I, I, I try. Um, are going with Collingwood, unsurprisingly, especially at the MCG. Um, what more do we have to say about this one? Um, there isn't. We're tipping Collingwood, and anybody that doesn't tip Collingwood um, needs to be taken to a mental hospital. There we go. Or they're just a hell of a fan for the ruse. So it, either way, I um I respect it. Yeah, uh, but the next three, one... <laughs> that's a three tip for Collingwood. There, don't even have to think about that one. Oh yeah, um, one you got to think about a little bit more, and uh, one I was definitely really considering here was um, Gold Coast and Richmond. They're actually the odds. I don't think I've seen this before, Tony. They are perfectly even, a buck ninety two. Um, and actually, this is for both. St. Kilda and Fremantle, the game after this one. So the odds for both games wow. are even. But 76% of tipsters are going with Richmond, not too surprisingly. I really could see the Gold Coast Suns take this one. But with Richmond's placement on the ladder, um, I don't think they lose their spot this round. All right, you have to, you're tipping Richmond? I am tipping Richmond. Okay, Brad is tipping Gold Coast. Brad is tipping he might get Gold me on this one in this game. I'm yeah. tipping I'm tipping Richmond as well in this one. I just think Richmond's playing pretty good footy. It's up in Metricon, so it'll be interesting. But I think they both play surge footy. I think Richmond just plays surge footy a little bit better. 
better. Wits and Nank is going to be... And that play can handle the wet conditions a little bit better as well compared well, to some it's, of the it's other this, teams. The surge mentality is not about the, the, the perfect possession like some teams are. Like they, they, they don't mind kicking it off the ground, just chasing it. So um, I'm going to tip Richmond in this one, but I think this could be an absolute cracker game up up at Metricon Stadium. It'll, it'll be a fascinating one. So, so yeah, so I have Rich, I have Richmond, and Brad has Gold Coast. Now the next one, if it was at Optus, I'd have such easy time tipping this one. But is not is at Marvel, especially given what we saw from Saint Kilda last round. It definitely made tipping this game a little bit harder. I am ultimately going to go with the Frio Dockers over the Saints, but I could easily see the Saints pull this one off, given the Saints team that we have seen and the Fremantle team that we've unfortunately seen for those Frio supporters. Now, this this will be fascinating to see this one. Um, I I had some intrepidation on this one because I thought I I did the did the Saints have that great performance against Collingwood and, and Carlton? Pick the correct C team, and, and and usually sometimes when that happens you get a letdown in the next game. And Fremantle mm-hmm. is the worst letdown team you can have because this is a vulnerable team. They're on the road. They don't play as well. I'm also going to tip Fremantle. Brad is also tipping Fremantle. So all three of us have got the Dockers in this one. But this one is one of those I looked at a lot because, again, Saints can on their day win it. But I just I think Fremantle's got a little too much for them in this time. Uh, Next one we got is heading on over to the Oval. We got Port Adelaide taking on GWS and... um, Please, Giants win this game. I don't think they will. I think Port Adelaide wins this one. I think Port wins. I think Port wins this one. It's a tough home ground to play on. It is Adelaide Oval. They're they're tough there. They play well. GWS just the fans are amazing too. By the way, well, uh, you again. know, I had to I had to get back in the good graces. We kind of talked them getting kicked out of the finals. <laughs> I had to talk them back up with what's still truth is that those fans are fantastic. The, the uh, Port Adelaide supporters are fantastic. Never tear us apart is is still one of the co- one of the coolest things to watch when so it when it does good. happen. So I've got Port. Uh, Brad has got Port. I think Port's just a little too strong. GWS again. Again, they, they have this thing of play a good team, play a good team, they play okay, play a bad team, they play good. So it's kind of one of those. I think Port is a much better team than their record. I think Port would be in the finals mm-hmm. if they didn't have that 0-5 start. So I'm going to go off a good yep. team against GWS and go Port Adelaide on this one. Now the next couple of games, maybe the next few, I was actually kind of considering if having one of these is my bold tip of the round. Ultimately, I didn't feel as good with these ones as my earlier one. But Brisbane and Essendon, I'm going to assume that Brisbane's going to handle Essendon, but given the couple of games we've seen from the Bombers recently, like, I don't know. I guess they can. I'm tipping the Lions, but I wouldn't be super shocked if Essendon actually does something crazy. It's up at the Gabba. I think Brisbane kind of stabled themselves. I think the three-headed monster is going to give Essendon's defense trouble. I think Brisbane wins Mm -hmm. this one. I, I think Brisbane knows they have to win games to stay in that stay in that chance for top two. So we're definitely going to look at that when it comes to it. So I will tip the Brisbane Lions in this one, but I'm I did look I really did uh look at this one as being a potential upset, but um mm-hmm. just not just not enough confidence in Essendon to be consistent enough to do that. So Mm-hmm. Another potential upset game is going to be taking place at Marvel Stadium. We got the Hawthorne Hawks taking on the Adelaide Crows. About a dollar separates both these teams in terms of betting odds, but tipsers are way higher on one with Hawthorne taking home 85% of all tips. 
I think that if Adelaide plays the game that if they can play to their potential, um, they can win this one. But I see Hawthorne taking this. I'm also one of those. I, I looked at Adelaide hard on this one. I really, really did. But mm-hmm. Hawthorne, Hawthorne's just one of those that they they play a very gritty style of football. And, and Adelaide sometimes when they get when you get a little physical with them, they can they can be a little jumpy. So I'm going to tip Hawthorne this one at Marvel Stadium. And I believe Brad tipped. Yep, Brad tipped Brisbane and Hawthorne as well. Um, so. Great. Well, maybe I can get. I might be able to get a couple. I actually, I might be able to get a few games on him this round. There's a good possibility. Three. Potentially up to three. Potentially up to three. Whiff, could be a lot of fun here. The last game, I'm sure we're all agreeing on as well, is Carlton over the West Coast Eagles. Even though I do think that West Coast could make this a lot scarier than it should be for those Blues fans, and hell, they might even be able to pull the ultimate disappointment. This one, I don't think that's out of the picture. I'll tip the Blues. But man, I'm I'm a little bit weary of this one. Legit raised my hand. I had West I had West Coast for about an hour. Legit. Nice. I legit nice. had West Coast for Don't an hour. Hate that I thought about that. I tipped Car- I ended up tipping Carlton. I'm gonna stay with Carlton because I, their injury list for West Coast got a little bigger. They they have a few injuries there. But if if they didn't have some of the guys out that I thought they were gonna have in for this game, I seriously at Optus Stadium would have tipped West Coast. Because this is this is a danger game for the Carlton Blues, because West Coast they they have literally no pressure on them at all. They can just go out and play footy, and that's a dangerous, dangerous team, especially with a Carlton team that they're still trying to survive to get to top four. So I tipped Carlton. Brad tipped Carlton as well, but legit raised my hand. I had West Coast for about for about an hour. I sat there with West Coast going, I think they could potentially do this and talked myself out of it a little bit as I've seen the teams come out over the last couple of days. And man, I I'm super excited. Brad, better watch your ass because I'm coming. Three <laughs> games are gonna be made up this round alone. So you better <laughs> you better <laughs> stay weary. Oh boy. Either this round's gonna be amazing for me in terms of our standings, or it's going to spell disaster for my season. So We'll see. We will definitely see. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for sticking around to the end. Of course, those are our tips. And this has been our breakdown for round 16 of the AFL, of the AFL season. Wow. Uh, not great. But what we're going to do here, uh, of course, catch us everywhere. Like I said, social media, Twitter, Instagram, at 4th and Long Media, or at CoachHess40 as well. You can catch everything over our website at the 4th forward slash AFL for footy, or just um, no forward slash if you just want everything. Of course, the amazing shirt that I am wearing right now gets even sexier on the back because, of course, if you know me at all, you know I am a huge fan of Big Cox. And I will never get tired of them. Go ahead. Uh, check out a shirt. Thefourthlong.com forward slash apparel for your very own tri-blend cotton t-shirt um, to show your love and your support for Big Cox. The best player from America that the league has ever seen. And there's no one that even comes close to competing with him for, for a couple reasons. Um, but... Of course, like I said, catch us on social media, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, Rumble, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that fun stuff. But, Coach, your thoughts in one word or phrase, undo. <sighs> Say that one more time again. Undo. Undo. Your thoughts on do, on, 
on do do your thoughts do you like do I'm do, not do, a big. I'm actually not a big soda person. I I keep that. I was almost th- well. Very, I guess we were kind of. Minimum. I was thinking almost the the nice dew on the grass, like we do see over at the Metricon. Um, there's a couple different dews. Scooby Doo, you like Scooby Doo? <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going to go with this? Where uh, am I going? I don't know. I don't know. We're still trying to figure that out. Um. <laughs> Let's 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 pinpoint a dew here. I, I I like I like your connection, Metricon the dew because you do get dewy situations, especially late night. Um, fun. I think I think footy sometimes when the ball is slippery can be very fun because it it it, it kind of takes away the skill and kind of makes it a grunt game. It, it's not about how good you are. It's it's how how physical you want to be at the footy. How much you you attack the mm-hmm. footy because. In a in a game where you've got do the ball's a little slick, it, it can neutral it can neutralize some skill advantages to some. So I, I, I think it makes the game fun. Well, ladies and gentlemen, do is fun. And make sure to stick around next round when we talk about Scooby Doo doing the do at the do of Metricon. Doing Yeah, and whatever. We'll see you guys next round. <laughs>